There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab, seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit MarketHouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to Land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Hey, this is Tyler Jones, and you're listening to The Element Podcast. Happy Thanksgiving, people. It's uh, There's some beautiful trees that are Thanksgiving colored right outside our window. They right are. Some talk. nice non-natives right there. Yeah, but deer eat them, right, according to you? You know, isn't that a strange thing? According to Lindsay Thomas, they're the worst tree ever. Right. Which I believe Lindsay Thomas. Yeah, no, but, we're not trying to... That's not a shot at him. We no, love Lindsay. We love Lindsay, but... Um, Lindsay Thomas Jr., that is. I don't know senior. Yeah, uh, yeah. But... I do know that in my parents' neighborhood, there is like a bushy version of one of these Bradford pear trees that the deer browse consistently. Yeah. And I don't know if it's got the mineral stump thing going on, so it's like, you know, not preferential, but it's mineral rich, so they end up eating it or what? But. So there was a trimmed limb off of it, right? Is that what, is, Am I remembering this correctly? Oh, that's right. So the storm came through and knocked a limb off, and a deer ate just regular old leaves off of well, it. Well, I was thinking that... When you say mineral stump, that somebody had chainsawed a limb off that kind of went errant, and that it started sprouting, and that's what they were eating. Oh yeah, that's Is that yeah. Right? So it's like it's a stump off the bottom of a uh, existing tree. It's not like a true just solo stump. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I don't know. But one time the limb fell off because of um, a storm, and uh, I watched a doe go out there and eat a bite. Yeah. I think they're just so keyed in on eating. Um, that time of year, you know, that was midsummer, and they're so keyed in on eating limbs that fall that they're going to go try it even if it's not something they want. Because, yeah. I mean, I've pretty much noticed that neighborhood's, like, been really good to me for observing deer because I've noticed stuff like that. Like, after a storm, those deer are going to go out and find limbs that have fallen off of trees with fresh green leaves on them and eat the leaves. Right. And they like hackberries. Yeah. They yeah. really like hackberries. Oh, yeah. We've, we, and we have noticed that. Both of us, mm-hmm. which there's a lot of them here, so it's kind of like how do you key on the food source? <laughs> yeah, no but the edges, 
which I remember this as being one of the first things you ever talked to me about in regards to like hunting public land where it's like kind of a big wood setting Yeah, is edges, you know, yeah. finding edges. And um, you definitely can find an edge that's got hackberries on it and there's a browse line oh, yeah. around here. Yeah, so, for sure. Pretty interesting. But here's the thing. What were we talking about uh, right before we got on? We were talking about... We're talking about your boy teens. Yeah. So we have... I don't know if I've even said this yet on the podcast. Have we not? I don't think so. We have discovered that teenager is indeed alive. Oh, my goodness. And... It is plaguing you like a thorn in your side at it the is, moment. It is. Um, but it's a good thorn. Yeah. And so... Having a target deer on a big chunk of public, we've talked about, at least here in Texas, as being possibly a plague, like you said. Yeah, it's like a thing that will eat at you and make you kind of wish that you didn't hunt and make you (laughs) just hate everything about what you're trying to do. And it's just, it's just, uh, it's it's like a sickness that you can't help but contract. Yeah, I think you could go listen to the Alex Comstock podcast from this summer and and realize that as well yeah know? we talked a lot about that having yeah. a target buck like that and, and he then, had a monster on public oh, this geez. deer that we're talking about here is like uh in just a totally different species yeah, <laughs> class pretty much. than this thing than the one he's talking about mm-hmm. but but this is a, a nice deer for our area and, and he's it's just a, it's a history buck and that's, that's what's more of an intriguing factor yeah. to having a target is that I mean, this is your first buck that you ever found on public land by hanging a camera and like, yep. it's just like your deer, yeah. you know, like. And he's, and he's, you know, quite possibly five years old. Mm-hmm. and At least, right? I mean, I mean there's no we way he thinking. was a two-year-old when we found him. I don't think so. He's at least five. That's what I'm thinking. So, very interesting. And it's weird because like he's not, um, he's not like some ghost that only shows up at night. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he's, he's on a lot of our camera uh data in the daytime and so you were talking about how you know like we have found that we have found that targeting a deer on public land is not a great thing or a great way to go about uh what we're trying to do but i was about to tell you this before we jumped on that um you know if we don't have like if we don't find a target buck on a property there's a chance that there's not an actual mature shooter buck on a particular public land here where we're hunting. You know what that's, I mean? I mean, that's how I approach a lot of the right. stuff in my mind. You know, I don't really talk about it because it's just kind of a second nature instinct kind of deal where, you know, you run a camera. If there's not like a three-plus-year-old on there, it's it's not that we have a ton of public land spots, but you, you have the liberty of at least going and looking for – a place that does have a buck that's like worth a shoot, you know, a shooter on right. camera. And I mean, even like when we say spots, like even if there's a big chunk of public, say at 600 acres, I mean, the south end of that property ten, can easily be a mile away. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Uh, in most cases, it is. Or the east end, what, however, the property's shaped. Um, so, like if you if you you know think about that, that's easily traveled by a whitetail. But at the same time, a deer could be core area just off. the one end of that property and so he ends up uh being on an end of that property instead of Mm -hmm. you know cord in the middle and then spreading out from there in his travels and really you could we just don't hunt this way but you could find a place that looks good you know maybe there's sign in there from previous rut years or you know whatever 
and just hunt the tar out of it. And sooner or later, maybe a mature buck ventures down there. Yeah, yeah. I just don't want to do that. Yeah, it's A, it's tough. not that much fun because you end up sitting there not seeing deer for a lot of days. Mm-hmm. And and B, like, I like to move around and learn stuff and, like, be active. Yeah. I like to be an active hunter. It's part of the reason why I bow hunt, part of the reason why I really enjoy doing elk hunting stuff because I'm moving around doing all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff. And I kind of feel that way when we go out on public land whitetail stuff. Yeah, we're sitting there most of the most of the time for, like, a morning and evening sit. I'm not moving, but, you know, it's – I enjoy scheming. You yeah, know, yeah, and in, in, in a good way, right. you know, not that's, that. And that's part of the reason I have trouble sitting one spot for an entire day doing mm-hmm. an all day sit, and and I'm and I'm easily like able to just knock that right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But there are instances where I'm sure it's effective, uh, but we don't have a ton of trail camera data that show that show deer moving in that like past. 11 a.m. to like 2 a.m. We have a lot I mean, of 2 that. 2 p.m. We have a lot of that like 9.30 to 10.30. 10, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that that high midday stuff. And it's just because here, like let's take today for an example. This morning, it was a snowy white Christmas it out was there. freezing. There's frost everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And then now it's probably 57 and we're recording at like 10.45 in the morning. And right? I'm sweating and, in, yeah, in, in the this sun. truck right now. Yeah, Tyler's putting his sun visor over. <laughs> I'm like... And, it's going to get to like 62 today. Yeah. You know, and so, of course, there's going to be a lull in deer movement yeah. whenever you have those really high peaks during the temperature during the day. That's right? one thing I always remembered about South Texas because mm-hmm. uh, I guess it's because of a more arid environment. But when we used to go down there, man, some of the coldest mornings oh, that yeah. I'd ever had, you know, it'd be like whatever, 19 or whatever. And then in the middle of the day, this is no lie, you're like back at camp and eating lunch. Um, around the campfire from the night before and just kick back in like a chair in your underwear. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like yeah. 70, you know? And, and you're, you're like just pulling like, your long pants off. You're like, golly, <laughs> I'm dying. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of like, I guess that kind of gives people from the north maybe a, a kind of brief glimpse into what we mm-hmm. deal with, I guess, here. But there are the days. There are days oh, whenever yeah. it's worth it. The other day I had a hunt at Babylon where I should have brought a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Like, I had to leave to go get food because I'm not a guy who's just like, oh, well, I'm just going to randomly skip lunch today and didn't really think much about it, especially yeah. when you're sitting in a stand. If I'm working or something or I'm, you know, ill hunting and I don't have enough food, I can just keep moving. I'll be fine, you know, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't like to do that. But if I'm sitting there in a stand and it's 2 p.m. and I haven't eaten, I'm going to literally chew on my arm. Yeah. I'm going to be so Oh, hungry. I know it. So I, know. I had to leave. But I said all that to say this. That was a day where... It was like 36 in the morning, and the high was 42. It was going to be an overcast day all day long. Yeah. I guarantee you deer moved all day long. I saw a buck at 1045 cruising mm-hmm. and got down and left for about an hour and a half just to go get food. Yeah. You know, and, and that's that's where I – and, you know, I had a <clears throat> much different day yesterday where I sat till noon, mm-hmm. and that's a long time for me, and it was sunny. And it was warming up, and the high was like 57 or something like that, maybe. And so it's still pretty pretty low as far as the high goes this time of year here. But um, it's sunny, and when you sit in the sun at 57, you can feel, you know, I would think a deer with some winter fat and fur mm-hmm. on, you know, is going to feel the heat a bit. Yeah. And so after about 9.30, I really didn't feel good about it. And mm-hmm. from literally 8.40 to noon, I didn't see a single deer. Mm. And it's a tough sit. 
It was, man. Uh, and I, I mean, kind of real quick before we move on to that point, you know, I, I just, and we're saying all this to say that like, if, you know, if you were hunting, I, I just was talking to a guy from North Dakota. Um, you know, you think about a lot of these Midwestern states, Iowa, uh, you know, wherever, Illinois, you know, like there are, if you are hunting a decent looking property, you probably have like a three-year-old plus shooter on it. If that's what your goal is, three-year-old mm-hmm. plus, which is kind of my goal on, on public here. And so you don't necessarily have to run game cameras and, and do all that. And so that's like where we're going with this is that we kind of feel that it's necessary to have a target buck. Maybe we shouldn't get so connected to them, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but uh, just to know that like, hey, I'm going to hunt this buck. And if another one shows up, that's a shooter, then that's good. Yeah. And that's kind of where I am on this property. But at the same time, in the last, you know, several days since we've discovered that teenager is alive again. Uh, I've been just so back and forth about should I hold out and just dedicate the season to him because, like you said, it's fun, man. Mm-hmm. It's just fun, even if you don't get it done. But at the same time, you notice how much gas you're using, you know, and and the mileage you're putting on your truck, and it's like shaking and stuff, you know, and it's just not good. So I uh, I, I don't think I don't I don't know. I think it's just kind of necessary to to kind for us to kind of have have that intel and to pursue a buck because i mean it is very easy as you know to have like a two or three year old buck that kind of rules a small property mm-hmm. here in, in texas and yeah east texas, and i so. think the thing with uh with the new you're talking about is you and i have already learned our lesson on the targets you know and mm-hmm. like you and i both went into last season with like specific deer we wanted to hunt um and it didn't work out for either of us <laughs> no. um and then going into this season we kind of both decided okay that's over but this deer is still from like that first season right so you can't get rid of that target it's not (laughs) like you can say oh no never mind i see i'm in a different position where i shot at scar in 2016 yep right 2016 and decided he was my target the next season never saw a game camera picture or him in person that we can confirm that we can confirm that summer we did have a big old buck that kind of resembled him but yeah he disappeared once uh, velvet, G4, so yeah once the velvet came off but uh anyways now i'm kind of you know carefree i'm like yeah bring on a buck right you know <laughs> yeah. like I'd, I'd like to shoot leader because i've got some history with him but like i'm not emotionally attached to him you know he's a big buck i'd right. like to see him yeah. but i mean the other day i saw a a uh, deer that had a spike on one side and a decent antler on the other that was a mature buck. I was about to smoke him. I ain't never mm. seen that deer in my life. You yeah. know, I didn't care. But you know, it's, I think that's just why you and I are on different places yeah. in this thing because you actually have a deer that you do have history with. You yeah. know, that you just can't get rid of. It's like mm, once you have a pet at home that you love, you can't just like say, oh, I'm tired of that dog. Yeah. You know, because you love it at right. that point, right? And, yeah. and it's just not going to change until that deer just ceases to exist. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good point, man. So I don't know. I, I'm probably going to say a million things back and forth on them the rest of the season, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's definitely a, a, one of those conundrums that we have to embrace here in finding finding bucks to make sure we have you know opportunity but at the same time i just i think i need to still be flexible enough to move and you know because yesterday i spent the whole day hunting for this deer and he 
didn't show up anywhere, you know, to to me or whatever. Personally, I have I still have never seen him in person. It's mm-hmm. all trail camera. Um, but I had I did have a couple of bucks come through. We have picked him up a few times in a certain area, and we have like a really good pinch, um, kind of rut funnel, I guess you'd call it with a really good trail that we hunted and I felt really good going in yesterday morning. I mean like good to the point I literally didn't sleep good the night before and I got up before my alarm, which was set for like three thirty. Mm. And so I just finally got up and, and took off. I was there super early, chilled in the truck for a second, got, some, got my boots on, make sure my feet were warm and everything and got in there in good time and the wind was super light and variable, and I don't know if that hurt me early on because I never saw a doe. Um, but, man, like it, it was – I don't know. I hunted almost 11 hours yesterday total, and I saw three deer. Mm. Yeah. And they were, they were three bucks cruising. Therefore, um, you know, they were how, – how quick did that pass by? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they, they go by me really quick. So – out of the 11 hours, I saw bucks for probably a total of like seven to 10 minutes, you know. You're probably being generous there. <laughs> Maybe, you know. Um, and so that's that's tough hunting, man. And and uh, that's, that's to me, that's when it kind of becomes not so fun and I'm ready to kind of go to a different state at this point. I might even live in a different state soon. <laughs> <laughs> you should. But... Uh, and, 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 you know, you could probably, you could assume that I made mistakes that may have hurt my deer sightings. But um, once the wind picked up at like 7, 15, 7.30 yesterday morning, it was a really good wind for me, I felt yeah. like. I, I don't feel like that deer were smelling me downwind. I was super still, and it's real thick in there. I mean, I had a buck come by at five yards, which is exactly where I wanted him to come by. You know, that's where we set that stand for and he didn't see me and mm-hmm. got footage of him he didn't he didn't once look at me as he's coming to me and so you know like I don't think that I made too many mistakes um yesterday I, I was pretty conservative with my my afternoon approach and so I, I do feel like that maybe I did maybe I had enough mistake to have uh kept myself from seeing a few deer but you know as far as rut cruising goes you could expect that a, a buck could move you know a mile and pretty easy in the morning, you know, if it mm-hmm. wanted to. So you would think you could see them. But anyway, I, I don't know. That's tough hunting, man. That's hard to continue doing. And so, um, I don't know, like looking at my gas and everything in there, it's just like, it's tough to keep going out and spending much of time and effort and getting up early and going to these places mm-hmm. and, you know, in our immediate couple hour area of Texas. So. Yeah, and I'm feeling kind of the same way, but in a different fashion over on uh, one of my permission places yep. that I have. Both uh, of our permissions have struggled. Right up. But I know why mine is, and yours is still kind of a mystery, but um, the place that I'm hunting, I know that at least three of the bucks that I've been seeing are dead. I kind of have a feeling that four of them are. <laughs> and, like, I know for a fact those three are dead. I know that people shot them, and then one of them got hit by a car. Right. And I found him in the ditch. Like, how how depressing is it that one of your shooters, two of your really good up-and-comers are dead, and now there's, like, one buck who it's not his core property that I have on camera over there that's still a shooter. 
and that's it. That's the only one. He comes through about once every four days. He got missed. Yeah, right? he got missed by another guy. So he almost <laughs> died. So there you go. I mean, it's just real tough, and it's not that hard. I'll still keep hunting it because it's not far from home, right. you know, and I can use corn, and you never know what you can do when there's corn out there and does are coming in. You never know who's going to show up. Mm-hmm. But, man, I went this morning and didn't see a deer. Yeah. Like, that almost shouldn't happen on a private place. Yeah. You know? I know, dude. And in, in, in a good private place. Like, it's yeah. not like... It's, it's not, not like, like a hay pasture of Bermuda grass that just, you know, like you got a feeder in the middle of yeah. hoping they walk out there. Like You have a really good creek system and, yeah. like, a pr- considerable ch- a chunk of land, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like what a lot of guys are looking to get permission on around here, oh, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, my property isn't <clears throat> just outstanding, but it's surrounded by a lot of deer. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's just been uh, – it's just – I hadn't seen a deer on my property, a, a shooter buck, in daylight since August. You haven't seen one in person at all, No, right? no. I, I guess I haven't seen a shooter in person over I mean, there. I've only really been out there in daylight, so, you know, just I, I, they haven't been on my trail camera mm-hmm. in daylight since August. And but that's, and that's I saw a shooter buck 200 yards from your property. Yeah, but who knows if he went to my property. Who knows if he's dead. I mean, that's that you know, too. <laughs> that's part of the conundrum about hunting in the area we do on these small tracks, man, is that deer get shot up. Mm-hmm. And you and I were talking the other day, and I don't know, I just kind of feel like we need to, and this is going to kind of roll into what, what we wanted to talk about more philosophically today, but uh, I kind of have this drive to start a local QMA branch just to maybe promote it's it's really selfish, honestly. Well, bit because I want older age deer, mm-hmm. but and I think so do everybody else. You know, maybe like, until think, the the three year old walks out and like I want to shoot a buck. But that's what I'm saying is like I feel like that if a guy could do very little work towards it, mm-hmm. just okay, just say no work, mm-hmm. and you put a two year old buck in front of him and a four year old buck in front of him. He's going to shoot the four four year old buck a hundred percent of the time. Yeah, I don't I don't know. There's got to be less than a half percent of people out there that are just like, oh, I don't care. I know you one know? old eighty six year old that shoots spikes every year because that's what he wants to eat is a spike. But besides <laughs> that guy, he's yeah. a cool dude. But uh, most people, yes, and I think that this is how movements work, right? So right now we live in a culture in our in our you know, small area of Texas here where everyone is scared for good and obvious reasons, you know, I'm the example of, that the next-door neighbor is going to shoot that deer if they don't. Mm-hmm. And I think that happens across the country. And But the difference in you and the neighbor is what? Well, I passed them, right? Exactly. <laughs> but unless my voice or a voice is heard and... Like say, hey, I'm actually not going to shoot this one. What if you didn't too? If you could start doing that and there was some support and like people actually believed that the deer, when it jumped the fence, wouldn't get shot, we might actually have some older age class bucks. Yeah. And I'm not really complaining, man, because quite honestly, if a deer makes someone happy to shoot it and they're not shooting it for the picture or they're not shooting it because they think they got to shoot a deer, but they're happy to shoot the deer, then shoot it. Mm-hmm. And I think that some of that 
has happened around my property, but I also think that some of it is just somebody thinks they need to shoot something. I I, I, I think one of them for sure is that. Right. The other one is somebody couldn't swerve fast enough to miss a deer, but <laughs> you can't really do much about that, you know. You got to be on your toes this get time those, of year. Yeah, I got to get those Ford Focus drivers into the QDMA meeting too so yeah. they know how to brake better. Well, but uh, We might get insurance companies involved. In I know, that, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just think that, uh, and you and I talked about this, you know, kind of what we were going to talk about today was like, the whole etiquette thing, and I think it's something that I I need to work on is when I see a buck that I wish hadn't been shot, my first instinct is to say, man, I wish that deer hadn't been shot. I need to do a better job of saying, I hope they really like that deer, you know? Mm-hmm. And then whenever I express it to someone, I, I for instance, somebody like is happy about a deer and they have a picture of their three-year-old they shot on their phone that's, you know, 13 and a half inches wide, and they show it to me, I I need to not just show this, but I need to reform myself to where I set My first instinct is to say, I'm glad you shot that. You know, if you're proud enough to show it to me, I'm glad you did. Mm-hmm. My first instinct, and I worry that I even show this on my face sometimes, is like, oh, man. Yeah, cool deer, you know. Like, <laughs> that's terrible, yeah, right? But yeah. if I'm going to be honest with myself, that's what I do. Mm-hmm. And I, I need to not do that. Yeah. And it's like something I need to work on. You know, I did that the other day, two days ago or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you were with me. We saw a picture of a really big buck that had been shot, not around here. Yeah. Um, and he was supposedly a young deer. Mm-hmm. And when I saw the picture. This is the buck I knew about too. Uh-huh. Yeah. I could tell. That he was a young deer, but he was a giant. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy who texted me wasn't the guy who shot the deer. So I texted him, and I was like, that deer a little young? And he was like, that's what I was thinking. He said, two more years, think what that deer could have been, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's true, but at the same time, I would imagine that this guy has killed a lot of pretty decent deer mm-hmm. and if he was going to shoot this deer he's probably pretty happy about it mm-hmm. you know like i don't know because i look at it this way so like he's if he shot several good really good deer and this one was big enough for him to get excited about and shoot not give it another couple of years or a year or whatever which by the way this deer might have been like world class if he'd had another couple of years you yeah know? um but um if that's the case, you know, and I look at my dad, my dad this year, um, he's shot a lot of good deer. Um, and he passed a deer this year twice, just last week. Um, that would be the second largest deer he's ever shot score wise. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's just a tank and we know, pretty much for a fact that he is likely five years old and you can look at his body and know that he's five years old, I think. But, um, I, I passed him when he was three, which wasn't hard. He wasn't, I mean, he's probably 135 inch deer at three. Um, and nobody ever saw him at four except for the trail camera. And then this year, my dad passed him as a, as a deer that would probably push Boone and Crockett. Mm-hmm. And so, that most people in their right mind would shoot. Yeah, yeah. But your dad has a specific goal in mind, and, right. and it, he's got. He knows that if he doesn't pass deer like that, he'll never reach that goal. Right, and right. that's the thing is is. On one hand, you have you have a guy who know who recognizes that 
he's goal oriented and that he wants to have that opportunity to reach that goal. So therefore, he needs to pass this year, which is what a QDM a QDM movement could, mm-hmm. you know, educate people on. Um, but you've got this other guy who has shot a lot of big deer, who shot a deer um, that you know maybe was a little young and was still happy about it. So you know, I think that the lesson that I think you're trying to kind of portray is like, if you are happy, do what makes you happy in hunting. You know what I mean? Hunt happy, right? Hunt happy. Yeah. Dang, we need a shirt, no, dude. No, <laughs> don't steal it. Yeah. <laughs> Hunt happy. How about it? Yeah. So, you know, if that, if passing a deer so that he can get to six and maybe, you know, push that 200 mark, maybe is what you want to do, then mm-hmm. do it. And if uh, shooting a, you know, legal eight point buck every year is what you want to do and that makes you happy then do that but don't i guess this seemed like what you were kind of saying i'm I'm not trying to put words in your mouth but like don't uh don't just shoot a deer so you can put it on instagram or so you can you know not be the only guy in your friend circle that didn't Mm -hmm. shoot a deer you know what i mean yeah yeah for sure i think that that definitely can happen and now here's where it gets weird all right there's a lot of people that shoot meat bucks Mm -hmm. and i don't have a problem with it but there's these things walking around called does that also (laughs) are meat yeah and where we live in particular in a lot of areas you can't shoot does, but in certain times of the year. Um, pretty much all biology now tells us that, like, we don't have to have a billion does running around to repopulate, right? Like, mm. a pretty even buck to doe ratio is a good thing. So, we need more opportunity, I think, to be able to shoot some does. Are we talking about what we had maybe discussed a yeah. few days ago? Yeah. yeah. So, we are approaching what is known as festively as doe days in in parts of Texas, where we have four days to fill two doe tags. um, And it's smack right dab in the middle of Thanksgiving holiday, which Uh makes it pretty hard to get out and do that. So from uh, if you, I don't understand why not just spread that out and still give you the two, two does. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Okay. So for this rifle season, you can kill two does. It's going to put a lot less pressure on you. It's going to probably make your wife happier because you're not going to be trying to, like, show up to Thanksgiving 30 minutes late. Yeah. And you're going to have probably better hunts, you know, because, I mean, honestly, right now, also, who wants to shoot a doe on these four days when in parts of Texas it's still pretty rut-raging? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. That's the, And we've, we've struggled with that on our spots in public where we have um, an area that – you know, it has a shooter buck in it, mm-hmm. but it may only have like three does in it that yeah. we see. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, if you shoot a doe, you've only got two does to come in heat now at this mm-hmm. point, you know, that you know of that could come through there and kind of be in that area and draw bucks in. And so it's kind of a tough thing is where like we've passed a lot of does mm-hmm. that we would love to shoot on public because of that issue. And so uh, same thing would apply here on private in some areas, I think, you know, and, 
It's just um, a deal where I'm always for deregulation whenever you can educate instead. Right. And I think that if we kind of take that whole QDMA um, branch, QDM movement, and take that and merge that with the dough thing, and we educate people on how they should have a fairly even buck-to-dough ratio and allow them to have the wherewithal to say, I am allowed two does, but I'm not going to take any this season. Or I'm allowed two does, and I've got does going everywhere. I'm actually going to invite somebody out and let them shoot a couple does too mm-hmm. this season. And and give people that freedom, I think you'd end up with a healthier deer herd for one and a much healthier hunter uh, populace as well. Right. You know, and I, I hate to like – harp on certain people here but <laughs> the the thanksgiving thing man back to that for a second like if you if you don't come from the perfect family that like i'm married say if you're married or you got a girlfriend serious girlfriend whatever um or significant other you the two of you if you have perfect families that have always gotten along and nobody got divorced along the way then you still have like there's a likely chance you still have two Thanksgivings. Oh, we have three. And there's no no divorces in the family. Yeah. You know? So and like, see, my not, wife's got a lot of family, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah, we're like five. So, I mean, like Christmas is nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thanksgiving, I'm not sure exactly how it's going to go, but I know of two so far. So. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't just on Thursdays either. Right. And guess what? Uh, I have a cousin getting married this weekend, too. So there's another Good day. Timing. Which I'm, I mean, I'm happy to go to the wedding, but it's just... Uh, I can't criticize too much because I got married on the 19th, so I mean, <laughs> and, and got you and all my friends to come to the wedding yep. instead of hunt, which yep. that day was a great cold front day. It was a killing day. It was very sure. high-pressure cold. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was Anyways. Good. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, like you think about that, like a lot of stuff um, is going to happen Thursday through Sunday mm-hmm. on Thanksgiving weekend. Mm-hmm. Well, when are the dough days? Yeah. Thursday, Thursday through Sunday. Sunday. You know, it's like, this is not good. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention... Um, those are the, I mean, those are the only days that you can shoot does. It's four days with mm-hmm. a rifle in our, and that sounds like a lot of people out there might be thinking, oh, well, our gun season's only nine days, you know, or whatever. Well, our gun season is three months, you know, mm-hmm. or, well, two months, right? So 60 something, 70 something days. It's like, like two and a half months. Yeah. It's, yeah. uh, you know, early November through mid, almost middle of January. Mm-hmm. And, so the, you know, having the ability to only shoot does for four days of that, and it happens to be on, like, one of the biggest holidays of the year, mm-hmm. there's a lot of rifle hunters out there that if they don't shoot a doe on those doe days and then, then and they don't shoot some legal buck, they're not going to get a deer that year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if they're busy during Thanksgiving and they don't see a legal buck, they're not shooting a deer that year. So it's kind of tough, you know? I mean, and the thing is, like, I don't feel like our area – is that downtrodden as far as deer population goes? Like, I don't know that I don't know that we need to only have four days of doe days. You know yeah, what I mean? For sure. I mean, I know that there's. It used certain, to be that way, maybe. Oh yeah, it used to be where we probably just shouldn't have had a hunting season here for five or six <laughs> years, but um, we've recovered from that. And you know, thanks to Texas Parks and Wildlife and their efforts, and thanks to sure. a lot of other people who just kind of understand. And, you well, know, the culture too. Yeah, know? just yeah. a culture of you know we're kind of shifting more and more to that archery culture. You know where it's more about hunting than it is going out and mowing stuff down. Which you know whatever. But I think that we're kind of getting to that point where we're going to keep progressing as deer populations progress, right? And I understand we talk about this when we go out of state and hunt sometimes too. Like deer densities are a fickle thing that mm-hmm. kind of lie. 
right? <laughs> yeah. So, like, the deer density for, like, whatever county you're in might be such and such. But you're going to have quadrants of that county that the deer density is a lot higher. And then over here in this other section of the county, it's all going to be, like, Bermuda grass pasture for, you know, 10,000 acres. Mm-hmm. And there's not no creeks. Like, you're going to have a low deer density up there. And those two things merge. And then you end up with, you know, statistics they go off of for determining harvest levels right right? like well what you're allowed to harvest well over here at location x there's 150 deer in a neighborhood Mm -hmm. running around like crazy eating bird feeders you Mm -hmm. know like the literal feeders yeah not just the bird seed exactly (laughs) they're chewing everything up (laughs) but it's just it's it's one of those things where i don't know if it's uh quite honestly we're i mean we live in the world of information right so Mm. i feel as if maybe we shouldn't regulate things by county all the time. It might need to be by, like, little sub-areas, you know, and I think that's what we got a local biologist for, and I know MLD permits are out there for such things, but I don't know. I mean, and you also, we talked about this as far as deer density goes. Um, You know, like, around here, we've got more deer per acre than, say, somewhere in Kansas. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of open land in Kansas, so if you're hunting a woodlot, you're probably going to see more deer yeah. than you would here. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Uh, if you're hunting a shelter belt or if you're hunting a, a good creek system in you know in the Midwest, you're going to see a lot more deer than you see here. But there may be more deer per acre here than some of those places. Mm-hmm. I mean, and some of them where there's heavy you know ag, maybe not so much. But that's that's kind of what you're saying is just man, you just it's so micro. You know, it should be so micromanaged as compared to what it is sometimes. Yeah, but I understand resources are limited, and that's just yeah. kind of how it goes. But yeah, I think sure. that what, instead of pointing fingers, it's one of those situations where it's time for us to be responsible Absolutely. and ethical hunters and be in communication with those who make the decisions and mm-hmm. say, hey, here's what we're seeing. How can we work to make that different, right? Right. And it that kind of thing is going to be more powerful when you have a unified voice. Mm-hmm. I feel like there should be a like a quarterly day that it's like hunters during their lunch hour reach out to like a public hearing kind of day well more just like this like quarterly like okay this is the day that all hunters need to reach out if they have an issue yeah let's flood the phone lines this day so they know that something's up or email or whatever you know like just on your lunch let's do it december 1st element (laughs) listeners december 1st if you have a grievance to be aired or even a like, hey, attaboy, you know, yeah. make sure you're telling them they're doing a good job too. But if you've got something you want to tell somebody, December 1st, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm going to call in. Ted Cruz, you're going to hear about it. Dude, I'm going to remind myself on my phone. I'm going to put, it, I'm gonna it, put it in there. Anyway. Yeah. Um, there were some other etiquette things that you were going to talk okay, about. Okay. So, um, yeah, this these might just be little, you know, little hot takes or whatever, but. Here's the deal. In the past week, pretty much, yeah, past week, in the past seven days, one or both of us has been walked in on before 8.30 in the morning on public land. And we're talking about walk in, not like walk out, hey, I sit up further in than you, but I got to walk out past, you know, like my wife called, I got to go kind of thing. It's a let's push in deeper at 8.30 and mess up what they got going. And they're both in situations where, like, you can see the vehicle parked at the road. And right. you know that you're pushing in on somebody. 
And when we walked out, we see their boot tracks walking right over ours. Right over ours, from yeah. all the way back to the truck. Yeah. So they definitely parked by our truck. And I and get it. My dad was playing devil's advocate with me on this thing. Like, it's public land. It's just public, you know. They can do what they want to. Well, yet again, if we all start doing something together, we can make a difference, and it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, this I has just, happened. This has happened to us. And this isn't a, through the years. Yeah, it's not really just like a week thing. I mean, we've had it happen before in this year, outside of a week from you know yeah, today or whatever. Yeah, for sure. And I just think that. And we're not hunting like super close to the road. No, but we're not hunting super deep a lot of time either. You mm-hmm. know, you got to be efficient and find spots. But at the same time, this has happened this year already. Yeah, like it happened uh, in the middle of nowhere. Uh, when we were, we had walked over a mile and we had a guy set up within 60 yards of us. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It definitely coming off of an illegal, uh, like a, a private. Yeah. Don't use a private drive property. to access public unless you have permission, <laughs> first of all. But, uh, I just think that if we all understand that you're going to deer hunt in the mornings until about nine, then, I mean, that's fine. If you walk in on me at nine thirty. Who knows if you, yeah, you know. that's just kind of how it goes. But yeah. th- don't get up while it's still deer moving time. Yeah. You know, and I don't, like I said, I don't want to whine. It's not what I'm doing. But I'm just saying, maybe it's things we need to talk about. That way we all kind of understand where each other is on, yeah. on this deal. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on it, man. It's kind of, um, I remember uh, last year, early season, October, we're sitting in a spot, I think, I can't remember why, but I think we had a wind that was weird that we didn't have a stand set or, or you know, an idea of where we could shoot a big buck. So we went and did a hanging hunt in October in a little grove of oaks mm-hmm. that was pretty close to the road, but wasn't super obvious maybe at first, we thought. Uh, it probably t- ended up being obvious. Yeah. But uh, so we, we park and we walk in a few hundred yards, right, and... Um, we're not far from our truck and we hear a truck drive down the road real slow and drive past us and then park. And like 30 minutes later, two guys walk in on us and it's like, did y'all not know we would probably be <laughs> right in here from our truck somewhere? Yeah, there's this one section of a habitat here in all this. Yeah. That would probably be good to hunt. Yeah. It's just... Uh-huh. It's 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 definitely I think just being a considerate person in yeah. general is is something that could be said about this whole situation. You yeah, know? exactly, man. It could just be considerate of others, care about people, and then all this stuff will work <clears throat> itself out. Yeah, yeah. I've got a question for you. Sure. On public, what constitutes as someone else's spot? Where? What sign? What evidence of human? makes you say, you know what, I'm not going to go in there and hunt that because somebody else Well, is. if you talk to old Jimmy down on the road and he's hunting he's uh, been there, the creek system, he's been there spot. for 14 15 years. years. Yeah. You know, and yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Oh, man. Uh, do, is, do do people have spots on public? Um, I don't think that people have spots on public. I think, I think that if you, like I said, if you drive up to the access or the parking lot, and there you're looking at 200 acres mm-hmm. of of timber 
you might not want to hunt in there that morning if there's a guy already parked there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Unless, I mean, I, I don't the know. Presence, so the presence of a human is what makes it somebody's spot. I mean, yeah, but it, and to a degree, like, if there's, you know, a section of land there and there's a vehicle in the parking lot and there's no other entrance to the oh, parking yeah. lot, sure. you know, then Well, then if that was different. the case, we wouldn't be able to hunt in Colorado because somebody's already got to the National Forest, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind of a situational thing. But as far as deer, deer woods go, I mean, if you're hunting a, a quarter section, which is 160, say, mm-hmm. um, of timber, I don't think that I don't know if I don't know, and it depends on how it how it lays out. But if it was in a block, I don't know that you're you should go in there. Yeah, I, if it's uh, 160 acres of timber that's uh, all spread out along a creek system for 100 yards, it might be a little different. I don't know, but. If it's spread spread out along a creek system and it goes just for instance, say north and south, then you need to go around to the other side somehow. Mm-hmm. And if you can't, then you might not want to go in there. Or, or if you know, I don't know, walk out of the parking lot, see where the dude's boot tracks go, and if they turn, go the other way. If they yeah. don't turn pretty quick, then you might not should keep following them. You mm-hmm. know, that's the that's the thing. And I guess in a dry climate, that'd be tough. It's one of those things that's really tough. I don't think that people have spots, but I think that you need to be considerate enough to know that, like, if there's a guy there, you might go, well, what's what's his angle this morning? Mm-hmm. You know, where's he going? Am I going to just walk through his bedded deer if I go somewhere mm-hmm. else, you know? Honestly, so. it's sometimes it's just not the experience I'm looking for anyways. Oh, yeah. Uh, we have a spot here on Texas Public that – I know can be killer around this time of year. And this year there's two stands within close proximity to it, and I just don't have a desire to go over there right now. Mm -hmm. You know, and it kind of stinks. It was good last year. Yeah, it was real good. But I just, like, for instance, we went to a place in Kansas here a while back that there was another truck park there, beat us to the spot. And we decided to go somewhere else just because, I mean, there probably was enough room. We might have even been hunting different stuff, you know, but. It's just not as much fun when you're looking for something wild and then there's another guy over there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just not kind of what – it's not what I want to do. Right. You know, and that's – I don't know. I think there's enough public land on a given day most of the time that you can find a spot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, it, even in a state like Texas, it's as public poor as we are, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, I think that there's there's a spot somewhere but that you need to be considerate that you're not – blowing your wind right back at the guy or yeah. whatever maybe I what do you know. think about this so last year um i wanted to take my wife hunting one day i you know try to take her two or three times a year just because it's fun to hang out together and do it especially when it's an easier kind of hunt and i was going to try to shoot a doe on public so we took out with a pop-up blind and went to this place i'd pre-scouted actually hunted there previously and seen some does and went to the trail that I saw those does crossing and set up about 30 yards from it. Well, once I, we'd, like, taken our packs off and everything, I look over, and there's a climbing stand in a tree. No guy in it, in the climbing stand, and nobody at the parking lot. We set up, started hunting, and then we got there decently early, and then two guys come in at 4 o'clock to hunt. I felt bad because... Yeah, they'd been there, you know, and I talked to him in the parking lot later. They'd been there that morning, 
and then left to go get some food and came back, you know. So, I mean, they'd been in there hunting, and four is kind of late, though. It is kind of late, you know. <clears throat> I was kind of like, when they started walking up, I was like, what? I hear noises, you know, and they're like, oh, my goodness. It's well, that's like dudes. earlier this year, we got in the morning, the dude was walking in in the daylight, you know. Oh, yeah. It's like, you got to, that's, I mean, I grew up, I mean, I don't know. If 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 you're a listener that's been listening for a while, you know I've hunted a lot of private uh, for deer in the past. But I grew up fishing and hunting public. Mm-hmm. Um, it was duck hunting is what I did a lot of. And we hunted out here on Lake Fork. And if you've ever hunted Lake Fork for ducks, you know that there are people. It's competitive. It is competitive. Uh, there's not a whole lot of ducks, especially these days, and a lot of Dallas Metro people. And like with trimmed eyebrows, or what do you mean? Well, uh, Metroplex. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so they, uh, you know, getting out to this spot early is the way you you do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like what we did um, when we were hunting up there in Kansas. We hunted uh, uh, on our last day was opening day of pheasant. Mm-hmm. Well, we pull up to the parking lot, and some pheasant hunter has camped there, mm-hmm. and we're like, okay, well, this kind of his spot. So we left out and tried to hunt according to his pressure, maybe, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, that's, I mean, on Lake Fork, it's, it's that way. Like, I remember uh, on opening day um, one year, we went out and we, I think we got to the parking lot at 2.30 a.m. to hunt ducks. And Sounds terrible. It was, I mean, it was, that was early, especially for a young cat, but mm. um that's what we did, and we went out there and made sure that we had flashlights shining whenever people walked in, you know, mm-hmm. so that they knew that we had the good spot, you know. That don't work on deer hunting flashlights. People don't uh, it, see apparently them. it doesn't. <laughs> we have tried that numerous times. Oh man, the whistle doesn't either. No, apparently. it doesn't. No, no, a wave. And they, wave they just wave you. back. <laughs> it's like hey, it's a nice public land guy there. Uh, oh man, but yeah, that's that's. I think that's the thing is if it's uh, you know, it's a first come first serve. You know, um, you don't get to you don't get to set your stand up and claim your spot. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if you're not there when you get when somebody comes in, then you know what uh, the rule book says. What's that? The rule book says that I don't know if this is Texas or Kansas or wherever. I, it might be a different state. I can't remember. One of the rule books, okay, says that stands can be placed if not occupied. Any hunter has the right to occupy that stand. Mm-hmm. That would be tough to take. Yeah. If I hung a stand, left to go eat lunch, and somebody was in my stand when I came back. I walked in on a stand <laughs> yesterday and was like, um, I kind of want to sit in that spot. It's oh, a pretty good spot. Yeah. That um, would be tough, man. Yeah, that that would be tough if somebody was sitting in my stand when I came back. But um, It doesn't say you can't take your stand. Out of the woods? Yeah, like yeah. if somebody's in it, you, you could probably... It's not oh. defined that you can't take the stand from them right. back, I guess. Yeah. You just <laughs> probably can't sit in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that that would be tough, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I The thing is, here in Texas, uh, the rule is, what, 72 hours? Yeah. This is long, that's as, you only can have a stand hanging for 72 hours. So, mm-hmm. like, that's a tough rule, especially when you talk about how tough it is already here to hunt. 
Um, but I don't know if I know a single person that obeys that. I law. don't either. I don't know if I do, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> it's a tough rule. There to are follow. new stands sitting there and their ladder stands, and I know that guy ain't taking a ladder stand mm-hmm. in and out every day. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And I'm over here with this dang muddy vantage just blasting the back of my head as I'm walking down the trail, you know, hurting <laughs> yeah. so bad. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, to me, being mobile is kind of part of the game anyway. So it's kind of, for the most part, I don't leave too many stands in the woods for. Uh, for a night. Also, it gets expensive just having a bunch of stands. I mean, you know? yeah, like we've got you between you and me, we got three stands, mm-hmm. you know, and so we have to we have to move around quite a bit, you know. I left one in there. Uh, the hunt that I had yesterday, I had left a stand in there that we left it the day before, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, and then I was like, okay, this spot looks to be burned out. <laughs> yeah, time to pull it. Yeah, yeah, so. but I don't know. I mean, that's kind of really. The extent of etiquette stuff, I just, and I think you kind of wrapped it up, was just like, treat people with kindness and be considerate of others, and and it's like golden rule stuff, right? Right. Like, come on. Let's just get with that. Yeah. Um, but anyways, it, there was a social media thing that I saw that I kind of wanted to talk about. Was it? Yeah. I, I almost got a little fired up on social media, mm. but I was, I was very... Um, it, it was to the point of, like, if I got fired up about this on social media, somebody would be like, what are you talking about, dude? Just because I went through a progression of things in my mind, right, you know? Right, uh, So I'm going to lay it out for you. Okay, let's hear it. A person that you and I are mutual acquaintance, acquaintances with. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a female. And oh. uh, she does, she's a hunter, and I believe she has good intentions and does hunt. You know, like, she's not just taking pictures in her bikini, shooting targets and stuff. Like, she's she's a real deal. Um, shot a buck and um, took a picture where she was unhappy with the buck. Um, she, you could see it on her face or she that said was, it? That was, she said both. Okay, so the point was, and I'm not saying she's wrong or right. I just thought it was, an interesting take, and I probably would have done it differently. Um, she looks disgruntled in the picture, and then said, and then goes on to talk about how she was very unhappy because she had watched this deer for a couple hours, and then felt bad about shooting him because um, she. I, I really couldn't understand why she didn't want to shoot him, but did, and my. Um, I guess my qualm with this is that she uh, was talking about, you know, doing the animals justice and respecting the harvest and that sort of thing. And I'm just thinking, are you really doing this animal's life justice if you take a picture where you show that you're disgruntled that you have shot this animal, Mm -hmm. you know? And I just kind of had a problem with it, man. Yeah. I, I just don't understand. And A, well, let's say B, okay? The second yeah. point is, what's an anti-hunter going to think when they see a picture of you not having fun or enjoying that you shot a deer? Like, how is that going to, you know, where, what leg do you have to stand on there? But, uh, you know, the main point is like, man, the way to show respect to the animal is to be happy that you shot the animal. If you're not happy you shot the animal then don't shoot the animal. It's the whole hunt happy thing like we were talking about earlier, right? Like, do stuff that makes you happy. If you're not happy to shoot this buck, then don't do it. I don't... And then maybe it's the the food thing and, like, it's, 
you want to shoot the animal so you have something to eat, but you it hurts you to kill the animal. And I feel that too. I kind of understand where that comes from, but you know, you don't have to shoot animals if you don't want to. Right. You know, I don't know. I mean, you can be vegan. Yeah, that's right. I couldn't, but <laughs> no. no. And like I said, I, I'm not saying that she was wrong or right. And I, I have respect for this person, and I, I kind of understand where she was going with it, but I just don't know if it's a good message yeah. that to say that you're not happy about killing this animal. I don't know. It's hard for me to, to be able to speak up about this because I don't know exactly why she was unhappy, I guess. Yeah. Um, I guess if I knew that, I might could, but I also don't, I, there's a lot of things going through my mind as far as thoughts go. And I don't know, like if I spoke on it right now, then I may not be, <laughs> I may not have developed the way I should have yeah. about this, but, um, but I do know that, um, so with one eye Jack, mm-hmm. that deer I had been following for a few years on trail cameras and stuff. And the season was, a you know, a cliche roller coaster season. And early December, first time I'd ever seen him on foot, Jack comes in following a doe right to me, 15 yards, smoke him. He goes out there and, you know, dies 50 yards from me. And I get to see the whole thing. And my whole experience with Jack while he was alive was a total of, two minutes maybe and that includes him like dying Mm -hmm. and it was kind of a it was an emotional moment I've talked about it before it was kind of a hard thing to see and watch but at the same time it was outweighed by joy and fun it was a fun thing to be able to have put together a tactic that worked finally on this old deer that otherwise literally we've seen this play out would die a probably cold death on a miserable single digit night out in the plains Mm -hmm. you know and um spent hours and hours suffering and so it's kind of i mean i don't think nature you know i don't think death in nature is nice at Mm. all or quick most of the time you know sometimes i guess there are instances with smaller animals and stuff like that but with a large animal like i don't feel like there's a quick death to to be had unless some mountain lion snaps its neck or something like that and Mm -hmm. that doesn't that doesn't uh always happen so like i can see i can see there be a little bit of this weird um you know kind of melancholy thing going on i guess yeah but I, I but I, but i don't i don't know that you like i said there's not a there's not it didn't overcome my joy mm-hmm. a total joy when i talk about like feeding my family uh the meals that i'm gonna make for myself even the the pleasure i have from just uh cooking i, li- I like to cook um it's kind of a challenge to me because <laughs> i had no like no formal training really so i just you know read books and stuff but um, I enjoy that process, and I enjoy the process, like I said, the game of cat and mouse, and I enjoy the fellowship. You know, there's a picture that we got where I killed Nameless of you, me, Drew, and my dad all talking. That's cool. Around that buck. Yeah. You know, and that's just like, 
the conversations that were had that night don't happen if you don't have a dead deer. Mm-hmm. There were there would be maybe different conversations, but it would happen in a warm hotel somewhere, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but like those, all those things are just the joy that overcomes the sadness of the, the animal's death. You know, I guess that's that's my my thoughts on it. I yeah, guess. and yeah, it's a good take, and mm-hmm. I, I agree. I mean, I remember the first elk I shot. It was like just a feeling that I can't describe. It was like so sad, so happy, so overjoyed, so relieved, all these things, you know, that I'm sure that with um, the right moment, a photographer could have captured me in a really awkward, strange, emotional state, you know. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I just don't know about – and this has been big talk between you and I anyways because there is a, a really great movement going on of people really caring to have respect for animals and care to respect the game that they um, they pursue, right? And mm-hmm. there's people who even, like, um, advocate for that and, like, make these posts on social media where, like, they talk about respecting the beast and, like, this is a big deal. Well, and then the next three photos are you with different product placements after you did you respect the beast <laughs> thing. <laughs> And man, I just don't, it just ain't where I'm at. Right. You know? Yeah. It's, it's kind of like the, um, you know, be what you're about kind of thing. You just right. don't be about the talk, you know? Yeah. It's kind of Exactly. Yeah. If you, I mean, if you, res- if you respect the game, that's fine. And that's, and, you know, like I would hope that you would portray it that way, but let's not like fool people about, mm-hmm. you know, how much respect you have for it, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess if you're going to do a product placement in front of your game, you know, you can hashtag respect the game, but maybe you don't, like, make it, uh, don't make it just like a, I don't know, it's hard to explain. It's don't make too big of a deal out of the respect. Right, don't make too big of a deal of it. If it's kind of like. Yeah, if it's kind of like, yeah, I respect the game, but I also am glad that I get to make money because I shot this big old Yeah, which is, it's it's a a valiant thing, right? Like, it's it's good that you are able to make a living off of hunting. Like, that's cool. We all would like to do that, right? But don't make it like this. What's the right way to put this? It's like the. Yeah, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I don't know. It's like kind of like the act like you've been in the end zone thing before, but it's not yeah. exactly that. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like a. I mean, it's it's a lot of smoke in my opinion. If, yeah. If you're just kind of like putting this big front up about something in particular, and it's not necessarily that way. So mm-hmm. anyway, yeah. So be real, people. That's right. Be real. Who says that? Chris B. Chris B. Chris says B. Says B that dude. All That's time. why he's a G. Yeah. <laughs> he's the man. Chris B. The G. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. That's uh that's I think that's a good way to wrap it up. You got anything else? Hunt happy, man. Hunt happy, man. Um let's see. This is uh this is releasing on Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving to all y'all. I hope you're enjoying some time with your family instead of listening to us. But if you're traveling to another family Thanksgiving, then this is a good time to be listening to that's us. That's right, that's right. <laughs> um and I hope that uh if you're in Texas embracing some dough days this time of year, that you are lucky enough to get a dough. I'm probably gonna try to do that myself. Um, and, uh, what else? Oh, the Instagram giveaway. Oh. So, KC, tell us the winners, man. The winners are at DrewFace1, at Travis.Thon, T-H-O-N, at Gary King, and at Tracker151. Congratulations, guys. You have won an Onyx annual premium membership. 
Um, send us a message on Instagram, and we will uh, send us your address that you want it sent to, and we'll send that out to you here immediately. And if you don't send us a message within two weeks from now, mm-hmm. so two Thursday or a Thursday, there'll be one Thursday <laughs> from now, and then another Thursday. On that Thursday, we will announce whoever else to fulfill those four. That'll be December 6th. We'll randomly choose somebody on mm-hmm. December 6th to fulfill the four that we were supposed to give away. So if you're not paying attention, then you are missing out. You off, Ashoa. So speaking of paying attention, we are headed back to the Midwest. That's right. To go do a little hunting. Yeah. So uh, we'll be leaving Sunday. Um I don't know what date that is, but Sunday after Thanksgiving, we're going to head out for a couple days. Be sure and follow along on the Instagram and on Facebook because we're going to be posting a lot of stuff from that trip, just uh, fun stuff, letting you know what's going on. We might even do, I haven't talked to you about this, but I just might just say it. Ready? (laughs) Go ahead. I'm scared. (laughs) Might even do uh, some live stuff. On the way up there from the vehicle, do a little Sweet. question and answer stuff. Does that sound good to you? That would be cool, man. Yeah, I let's do that. Cool. So we're going to do some live stuff Sunday afternoon. Let's just say like uh, 2 p.m. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Sometimes. Sometimes Sunday afternoon. We'll let you. We'll try to let you know on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, we'll send. We'll put a Facebook and maybe Instagram post so that you guys can see what time we're going to do those but yeah that sounds like a cool thing to do so get your questions together send them to um, us if you want yeah send them to us early that last time some people did that and we yeah. were like it's a good way to for sure get to your question yeah. that was cool and yeah. it makes sure that we have some content to start with because sometimes it's just not very cool for us to just be like Ugh, and look at the phone you gotta look yeah. at our ugly mugs as opposed to us talking <laughs> yeah so. so uh so send in your questions and uh wish us luck for sure because we're gonna need it Going up there, and I think it's going to be pretty chilly, so it you is. might wish us luck for that. Oh, I can't wait. Also, I mentioned this the other day, but if you know of any good trail camera deals going on right now, I would love to be in on that. So, like, sometimes companies will run, like, 30% off deals or whatever, you know. So, let me know if you know of any of those, because you can't buy them all. I know you, and you can't. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, send them my Send me a message or whatever. Yep. Let me know, because I am in need of trail cameras. I feel like we're waning with our numbers right now. Yeah, so. lost one the other day. That's yeah. not fun. Public land game, but what ifs. Yeah. Also, uh, be sure and check out YouTube because I think uh, there should be a brand new day four yeah. posted yeah. from our last rutcation, rutcation trip. So yeah. go check that out. Comment on it if you like it. Yeah. And hit the like button, subscribe, all that stuff. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Man, anything else cool going on this weekend? That's all I got, man. Just some good old Thanksgiving eating. Yeah. I can tell that I'm starting to put on my deer season weight. That's good, dude. Right now, it's, it's not getting, good. It's going to be cold this We got to get dude. back somewhere and run around and get to moving because, <sighs> man, it's just something about after sitting in the stand all morning that fast food calls your name. Yeah, I can't I know, be doing dude. it too much. I know, mm. I know. That's why you need to be hunting that public. I know. That we got to hang and hunt. <laughs> I, 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 I'm feeling it from yesterday, dude. I, yeah? I put in a few miles, man, walking. That's good. So, anyway. Uh, Cool, man. I, ho- I hope the best for you guys, man. I really do. If you haven't shot a buck yet, I hope you are able to do that because you're in the same boat as both KC and I. Ooh. Uh, we are. I shot at one. Yeah, you did. <laughs> that, and that's coming up soon. In the next the next week or so, we're going to see that Yeah, uh, on YouTube. So be checking in on that. And uh, and like I said, I really do hope success for you guys because I know, I know how bad that I want it and I know how hard I'm trying and hunting for that. Um, and I'm sure that many of you are as well, and some of you are just not lucky enough to have some of these 
awesome accesses or great luck that some of these guys have had this That's year. What I need. And uh, anyway, I, I really do hope it goes good for you, and I hope that you have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, make sure you hug your loved ones and, and tell them that you love them. Uh, because our time on earth is limited. Yeah, that's so. right. Eat one meal, at least one meal guilt-free. Just that's eat right. what you want. That's Just right. do it. That's Dude. what this time of year is about. Give thanks. If you're telling me that, I'm going to eat straight banana pudding. <laughs> hey, my <laughs> wife is about to make a banana pudding, and she makes three things, and that's one of them, and it's real good. <laughs> yep, yep. I'm happy about it. My mom, my, my wife is making one, too, uh, mm. for our thanksgiving and she's making my mom's recipe which is the absolute best i've ever had so mm, i'm uh, excited about it how many manila wafers make a good all of them all of them, That's right. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> give them to me yeah so anyway i hope you guys have a good uh, a good thanksgiving weekend and remember this is your element live in it Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab, seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit markethouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins.